Hey, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody who's been watching, who's been listening to the, not watching, who's been listening to the podcast lately, and especially the people who listened to the previous two episodes, which was kind of like a one-two punch of Yasuke, and then the Sunday edition that followed after that, which is all about the goal of a particular show, because... Long story short, you can go listen to Yasuke, to the episode on Yasuke for the details here, but I didn't think that Yasuke achieved what it set out to do in the best way, and that got me thinking about the goal of, not just of an anime, of an anime show, but like of any kind of show, of any kind of animation, and also... It was facilitated by me watching a whole lot of Static Shock and a whole lot of Yasuke very close to to each other, um, which I recommend if you're at all interested in like what might be any kind of synergy there. Definitely attempt that. Also, sorry for the random what for the constant white noise in the background. My um, recording space gets very warm since it's at like it is. It is at, like, the top of a mountain, literally. So I, um, once it gets above 70, I have to put a, um air conditioner on, or else I will sweat my entire body weight out and die. But on that note, what we're going to be talking about today is something pretty old school at this point. Um, since it came out a long time ago, in the 90s, in the early 90s, and that thing is Fatal Fury, the motion picture. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, for those of you who maybe don't, for those of you, and I can't believe I'm saying this, for those of you who don't know what Fatal Fury is, Fatal Fury is, uh, at this point, long-running video game. At that point, fairly long-running video game that's in the fighting game genre, which meant that it came over from, um, it came over from arcades and arcade cabinets and became a, as many, as many, um, what's it called? As many fighting games of the ilk that Fatal Fury is ultimately became a home console game and as with many video games and just other properties in general in the early, in really all of the 90s, it wanted to have a kind of multimedia presence. Um, this is true of um, of Street Fighter as well. And um, I believe it's also, it's, it's also true of Tekken, I think, although I've never seen any Tekken anime, but I know, I know it exists. Um, but... The long and short of it is, is that at the time Fatal Fury, th- th- this movie came out, 
you could you had your kind of pick of fighting game anime that you could watch if you a didn't want to be that skilled or you just weren't that skilled you could watch the supposed story of fighting game anime this is also true of Mortal Kombat which recently had a movie come out on HBO Go which I hear is you know fine um not as campy as the original Mortal Kombat but hey um few things are actually from what I understand. But the thing about the um, Fatal Fury movie, the thing that like that captures a kind of particular brand of imagination, if you will, is really that it was it was a lot of people's first exposure to Especially a lot of American anime fans' first exposure to, um, to, to the characters of Fatal Fury and to, like, a, like a fighting game recontextualized as an anime that needed to have, that needed to have a story. And also it was a lot of people's, like, first exposure to Terry Bogard. Um, and it, just to give you an idea of where Terry Bogard and the female cast of Fatal Fury would go, uh, and this is across games, so, like, it, if you're not familiar with the way fighting games often work, is that they oftentimes introduce new characters each game, but they also build the roster out of existing characters. So there's a game called, um, and I bought it because, because I'm a degenerate, the game called, I think it's called Fatal Cuties. Um, but it's nothing, it's, it is, what if the creepy man abducted every female character in Fatal Fury and stuck them in a house? But because, and this is, I love this, I love this, this is the weirdest thing, this is one of the weirdest things ever perpetrated in video games. They gender-swapped Terry Bogard. Um... I forget what they called her gender swap. But basically because they wanted Terry in the Fatal Fury spinoff game, they gender swapped her. And, like, it's wild. But, um, and you meant, you meant to understand that, like, whoever behind this, like, sinister game abducted Terry and against his will magically forced him Ranma style to turn into a lady, which is even fucking weirder. Like, he keeps encountering people, and he's like, wait, before we fight, why am I a chick? But, the... The... The problem with turning a fighting game into a movie is that you need to... You need to facilitate what people want, which is like a fighting game feel almost. And that makes it really difficult because unless you're going to have like a tournament arc which you don't have time for in a movie, uh, you got to figure out a way to like pack a Bruce Lee level of martial arts into, into a movie and still have a story. So in the case of um, Fatal Fury, um, 
they have this they have this young millionaire um Laucorn I'm just going to call him Laucorn because that last name is is a lot there's there's a lot of vowels in that uh, but is on a crusade to, to recover the six pieces of armor set, said to give the user the power of Mars, the legendary god of war. Fearing that her twin brother slowly losing his is slowly losing his sanity with every armor piece he collects. Um, I'm going to say Sulia runs to Terry, Andy, Joe, and Mai to, to form their own global, global crusade to stop Laucorn from opening a potential Pandora's box and releasing uncontrollable for, uh, an uncontrollable form of destruction. So that's the, like, that's actually, I've read ver- that verbatim from the um, ANN. It's actually sourced from ANN, but it's, I got it from my anime list. But, so, they introduce, so, the thing about this movie is that they have, they have the video game movie problem, in that they have to show you all the characters on screen at some point. They have to show you, like, like they have to show you Mai, they have to show you Terry, if you show you Andy and Joe, um, and they do a pretty good job of showing all the characters, and the like, the original character of Laucorn is it, he's an evil young billionaire. It's not it's not complicated. It, it, <laughs> you don't show up to these movies for complicated. You show up to these movies for a good fucking time. You show up to this specifically. You show up to this movie specifically to hear Terry say, "Can you hear it? The wind is coming. The storm is coming." And it's just like, which, by the way, if that sounds familiar, it's because it's like a it's a thing that he says both in the movie, but also they cut out for the trailer, and so many people who don't know this movie know that trailer, and they're just like, what? What's happening? Um, but the... So you... You jump from, like, locale... You you jump from locale to locale, and you see character... You see, like, Character action fight set piece from character action fight set piece, and it all kind of like it all kind of like blends in a way that you um in in that in a way that feels that feels like you're watching a video game movie that feels like you're watching a movie where it's like oh there's a story here but like. It's a fighting game story, so don't expect much from it. But then you also notice that the entirety of this movie is, and I think the entirety of the Fatal Fury series, even, um, 
Fatal Fury's animated series is character designed by one Masami Obari. And if you're like, who the fuck is Masami Obari? Go take a look at his, um, I'm actually going to click on his picture here and we'll see what he did. But he is kind of this infamous, he's an infamous character designer, um, and he, he, he did things like AD Police, Aki Hayate, both, both, um, key animation. Angel Blade is a character design thing. Um, he also planned on, I believe Angel Blade was all his. But, if you know anything, yeah, Angel Blade, Angel Blade is like his baby, basically. And then also Angel Blade Punish, which if you're like, why would you call something Angel Blade and then Angel Blade Punish? Unless it was, oh no, it's porn. Yes, yes, Masami Obari is, and has been for a while. Um, let me see. Um, he did, he did stuff for Bastard. He did stuff for Bubblegum Crisis. He, it's not that he's only done porn, but he, He's known for really fetishy, very specific kinds of character design work in anime. And, um, the, the thing that lots of people will know him for is Angel Blade. I'm, I'm looking at a lot of his other credits and it, Angel Blade is kind of where it's at, mostly. Um, Vuki's Angels, if you're a watcher of, um, if you're a watcher of Bennett the Sage, um, of Bennett the Sage channels on, um, YouTube, he talks about Vuki's Angels, I don't want to say recently, but at some point he talks about Vuki's Angels, and, like, you can feel that he has the same kind of understanding that I do with, um, Masami Obari, and that is that, like, Masami Obari... Designs for people to jack it to, in a very specific and odd way. Um, but so you have like a kind of fighting game plot, yeah. And I'm I'm looking here, and he's done. So he, so he actually character he actually was a character designer, chief animation director, and director for um for Fatal Fury, the motion picture. So this is like a all the way through Masami Obari joint. And you, 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 he has, as someone who has seen Angel Blade um, for its intended purpose and also just curiosity as a young, as a young, as a, as a young otakuling, if you will, um, he has, a lot of tendencies that feel very, um, that feel very geared towards, like, titillation, almost up to the line of at the cost of story. Another, um, another really good, more, slightly more modern, um, example of that is the artist Ograit. Ograit, if you don't know, he did, um, he is best known probably for um, 
Air Gear, and I did an episode on Air Gear that you can check out in the description. In, in the, um, not in the description, but in the podcast feed. But, oh great, I don't know enough about Masami Obari to, um, to, to say this definitively, to, to say this about him, but Ograte started off as a um, hentai manga artist. And that, if that sounds familiar to you, it's because it's a not uncommon place for um, artists to start off. Uh, the Art for Food Wars started there. Um, a, a bunch of different... Um, the art for... The art for um, Takagi-san, I like started off drawing hentai and X-rated stuff in the same age range vein as Takagi-san, and it, oftentimes though like that's where artists start because that's where the work is and that's where it's like the bar is low enough and they just need people to say yes to drawing this stuff. Or they can draw that stuff and self-publish and get known and then get other jobs. And so there's like no, there's no shame in that. It's a good pipeline. It's really interesting because generally speaking, the um, artists who kind of rise to the top have something that it's pretty good because, um, this, this is a fun fact. One of the reasons why in art school you always draw, um, you draw new models is because there's nothing to hide behind when you're drawing a nude model. If you're drawing, if, you, if you're illustrating with clothes on, you can hide a lot of the stuff you don't know in clothes. Um, like, don't know how to draw toes? It's fine. She's always wearing shoes. Don't, the only thing you can't get away from is really hands unless you keep tucking them behind their back or making them make fit. But, um, so oftentimes the people or character designers or animators or manga artists who come out of the, like, doujinshi, um, aero manga universe have a lot of really solid fundamentals because they spent years in a in a section of the industry where like the point is that you see their anatomy if that makes any sense and so I don't usually go into um, specifics like that but because it's Masami Obari and because this thing has such a has such a look to it, and also has such a fucking 90s tactic look to it, I felt like it was um, really necessary, because, like, you look at Masami Obari joint, so to speak, and you're just like, is no one going to have this conversation, like, they're all shiny and weird, and they have weird proportions. I, like, what's happening? Why has no one talked about this? So I wanted to bring it up kind of here, because I think it's an interesting piece of information about this thing. And also, one of the, like, kind of infamous 
Um, one of the infamous moments of this thing also is part of a Masami Obari thing. So, um, one of my earlier, um, if you've been listening to the Sunday editions for a while, you, you might remember a Sunday edition where I literally took the dog for a walk and I recorded a Sunday edition as I was doing my walk. And that Sunday edition was about, like, anime that makes a bargain to get made at all. And if you're not familiar with that, that looks like um, those animes are like um, Mezzo 4K, um, Kite. Um, basically anime that incorporate some kind of, like, that, that incorporate porn, pornography and into the plot somehow, but in a way where, like, the porn, the porn sections can be wholly taken out, and it just doesn't matter. Like, it does not matter. Like, you, you can, you could watch a version of Mezzo Forte where there's no fucking, you just can. It, 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 it may even make more sense, honestly. But, um, Masami Obari, because of his, because of his, like, odd character designs and his more fetishy style has the same feel as something like a Mezzoforte. It doesn't, like, it, it never full-on said, okay, let's fuck. But it does have, like, there is a long and extended shower scene with a lot of just raw fucking side boob of my in this, um... In this, in this, um, movie. I think it's like a, it's like a un, unnerving amount of time where, like, you just go full on up the side of her body in the shower for, like, fucking two minutes or some nonsense. And you're just like, oh, this movie was made for horny dudes. Okay. Um, and also it's like, the, Female characters in um in fighting games especially are no stranger of being like very sexualized and very um and being kind of the thing you can put on box art and it'll sell it and my Shiranui is like she's she's one of the infamous sex objects of sex object character of the video game industry. There's no getting around it. So, like, if you, if you make, if you make, um, if you make a, a thing with my Shiranui in it, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna bump into, like, to her main costume, which is just the, like, the the straps across the boobs and the like thin with massive cutout skirt and the giant fan that she keeps in her cleavage at all times. It's just the way it goes. Also the hair. The hair is an important part of it. But it, all that's not to say that it's not a like good movie that keeps you like focused on it. It just it's a very I've said this a bunch of times, and this will probably end up being a shorter episode on the shorter side, because 
there's not much to this then. I, I, I gave you the whole synopsis. And spoiler, they win in the end. And Laucorn is, like, foiled and just, just kind of defeated. And his sister takes him home and, like, his twin sister takes him home and helps him recover, blah, 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 blah. But the whole... And I, I, I also compare this to um, Street Fighter a lot because Street Fighter is not even really arguably, but definitely the more popular of the two games. And it's it did it did the same thing that um, that Fatal Fury did kind of at the around the same time. In that it had an animated series, and 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 one or two animated movies like Street like Street Fighter. I think they call it Street Fighter the motion picture even. Um, but the Street Fighter anime, it it did a lot more to like. And because it has character like Guile, who is literally just a like a character who's in the army, they could have more of a conversation and more of a story structure of like introducing you to Guile or introducing you to Andy or any of those characters. Whereas Fatal Fury, in terms of like characters, you have to have them show up in fights and a lot of the way they show you your favorite character from Fatal Fury, if you have favorite characters from Fatal Fury, outside of the main kind of, like, squad of Andy, um, of Terry, Andy, Sylvia, and Mai, really, is they show you, they, like, ha- they, they open up at some point at a, um, at, like, a victory dinner, at, like, a celebration dinner, and it has, you, you just like the character for a couple seconds. And then they're like, oh, we've checked the box. We've shown this character. Now we can go get back to what we're, what we're here to do. And um, whereas the, the storyline for, Fatal Fury for um by sticking almost to a to a more video game related storyline for and be clear Fatal Fury the motion picture may be a very video game related storyline but by sticking more to like the storyline everybody knows from Street Fighter they can introduce the characters and the characters make more sense because they're dealing with the they're dealing with the like the M Bison psycho nonsense, if that makes any sense. And also they produced a pretty recent um Street Fighter anime. Um from Street Fighter Four, I believe. Um but it, I just want to talk about this because it was it was one of those 
A, it was one of those things that I saw first by renting it from West Coast Video when I was a kid and was just kind of like, whoa, this thing's fucking weird looking. It's what I've got, so I'm going to watch it multiple times. And every once in a while, I will be possessed by the spirit of some insanity and just be like, well, guess we're going to watch, guess we're going to take the afternoon, we're going to watch Fatal Fury, the motion picture, and we're going to live in this, like, steel plate hat weirdness for, like, a good hour. And I don't behoove anybody who does that, especially considering I am, um currently going through, for the upteenth time, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Like, I I made the mistake of being like, oh, hey, I'm working on a special project, and I need something in English that I can watch. That I don't need to pay too, too big attention to. And surprise, surprise, I turned on Full Metal, and now I'm just like, in the afternoon, while I chill out, I'm just pumping Full Metal back into my brain. It's just the way it goes. And, um, <laughs> so I certainly don't, like, begrudge you if, like, this is your favorite show or this is, like, a foundational thing for you. I, that's something, that's something for everybody. And, oh, interesting. So, <laughs> the, uh, a fun thing you should know about, this, so before I wrap this up, since I'm gonna probably call it 30 minutes, because it's, um, like I said, there's, there's not much to this movie, and I've covered way more than I usually do in it, so, um, the thing, A, the studio is marked as unknown, which I'm sure there's a story there, I don't, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you can reach out to Bennett on Twitter and be like, yo, what's the deal with the studio? being unknown on my anime list for um, Fatal Fury, the motion picture, and he'll probably be like, actually, it's this studio, and they do not exist anymore. Um, since, uh, how should I put this? Masami Obari have been involved in some shenanigans in terms of anime production, and many people have, if they've done it for a long enough time, but if I'm remembering correctly, there are some, there's some major weirdness with some of the series. But interesting thing about this movie is that it's rated R. It's actually rated R+, plus, but it's rated R. The reason it's rated R is not because of the massive amounts of violence. Like, if people get punched in the face, you see teeth popping out of their mouth. It's because of the se- it's because of the shower scene with Mai. It's because they go full on naked lady shower scene with Mai for te- for like two minutes, and that 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 earns them a R rating because you can curse as much as you want, you can blow people up, you can do all this other shit. But as soon as we see a a, a female presenting breast nipple. We're gonna need to bump up your rating to like a good R NC seventeen territory because hey bud, that's not okay. Which I would find hilarious. But um on that note, if you like this episode, um 
this is much shorter than my normal episodes, but um, th- then my normal Thursday episodes, usually um, the Sunday episodes are around this length, if not shorter. But um, if you like this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast in whatever you listen to me right now. New episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Thursday shows are usually a lot like this, um, but Sunday shows are more um, analytical. They're more metatextual. Um, they're more fandom-based. So um, if you subscribe to this podcast feed, you'll get both every week, twice a week. And um, until Sunday, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. I will talk to you then.